This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. Have kind of a special Valentine's Day episode for you with Valentine's just right around the corner. Um, I had a intimacy expert on here just a couple of weeks ago. And so now we're going to kind of further that discussion and talk about how food can affect your mood. And so my guest today is Amy Riley, who is an aphrodisiac food expert. And she has a website called eatsomethingsexy.com. She is also the author of a book. I love the name of this book, Fork Me, Spoon Me, The Sensual Cookbook. Uh, So uh, anxious to hear what she has to say today. So Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, well, first, you know, always just interested to know how people kind of get into this and especially this particular topic. So uh, how in the world did you become an aphrodisiac food expert? So I was writing about wine. I was working as a freelance wine writer and I got to a point in my career where I needed to diversify. I wanted more work. And so I, you know, food was the natural next choice. And I have always been interested in like the nutrition side of food, sort of that's where my, my interest in food lies, but I also always love folklore, particularly Greek mythology. And so the topic of aphrodisiacs became quite compelling to me because it combines all of these things. And so I started doing some research when I started, there was very little information available, um, mostly from an anthropological perspective a few random scientific studies, but that was about all. So it was challenging, which also interested me. I I enjoyed that. Um, And then I went and got my master's degree in gastronomy from Le Cordon Bleu. And basically gastronomy is the study of everything to do with food other than cooking it. So how food relates to culture, how food moves cultures forward, some things, you know, about nutrition and food in the arts and food in history and all of those things. And whenever I had an opportunity to do self-directed study during that program, I focused on aphrodisiacs. And I don't quite know how this happened, but while I was working on my dissertation, which was on the relationship between food and sex in American pop culture, I got a phone call. I was literally at my desk working on my dissertation. And this gentleman said, hello, I'm looking for Amy Riley. I'm so-and-so from National Geographic. I'm doing a story on aphrodisiacs and I understand she's the leading authority. And I went, oh yeah, that's me. (laughs) Answered all his questions. It was published. Uh, I think it was actually National Geographic online. I'm not sure it was in the magazine, but anyway, it was published. And uh, it just, that's, things blossomed from there. Okay. Well, well, very interesting. Well, let's, uh, so let's get into it. So I guess my first question, and, and probably a lot of people ask, can diet really change your sexual health? I mean, absolutely. Of course, to a degree, 
It's not going to be, there's no miracle cure, as you know, there's no miracle cure, but absolutely um, the right diet is going to change your sexual health. Okay. So describe to us, I mean, I'm sure most people know, you know, the definition of an aphrodisiac, but, but I mean, describe exactly what, what is an aphrodisiac food? So an aphrodisiac, the big, like the loose definition is a food that increases sexual desire, not necessarily sexual health. Um, but I like to take a more broad look and, you know, look at, there are foods that can have an immediate effect on the body, uh, which can, you know, be a prelude to, to, you know, that can, can kind of be a form of foreplay. There are also, of course, you know, eating for, for sexual health. And you'll find if you look at most foods that were historically considered aphrodisiac, it's really about what they do f- to support your sexual health more than anything. Hmm. Okay. So before we get into the foods that, that you recommend um, that, that can act as an aphrodisiac, um, talk about maybe some foods that can kill your sex drive and people, <laughs> that, that people may want to stay away from. Yes. Your Valentine's day dinner should probably not include a steak. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Oh man. You just broke my heart there. So it's oh. <laughs> my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> Why, so, why, why, why yeah. is that? Why is it? Well, why don't you plan? What I suggest to people is plan another night, your special occasion night where you go out and have a big steak. It's not, right. there's no pressure to, you know, make it a romantic evening, but you're right. still going to have a wonderful evening together. Um, but the reason I recommend no heavy foods really, and, you know, steak falls in there and that particularly a steak is, is particularly uh, difficult for you, your um, romantic pursuits, because it's a heavy, you know, it's not only a heavier food that may make you feel a little more slow, a little more full after you've eaten it, but you know, your, your blood rushes to the stomach to help digest this red meat. Red meat is not the easiest thing to digest. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you need, you need your blood flowing to other regions, right? You need to feel, you, you need to feel that your pulse race, you need, you know, your blood flow has to go to the nether regions in order mm-hmm. to perform sexually. And so that's why I say, stay away. I stay away. I say, stay away from heavy foods in general, just because you don't want that tired feeling, but particularly any food that's harder to digest. Okay. What about just in general, not necessarily like uh, a, a date night per se, mm-hmm. but I mean, are there, are there foods that people, especially, you know, in the standard American diet, of course, I talk about it all the time on, on this podcast, how unhealthy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Americans eat, but are, are there, are there foods that are just common that people eat on a daily basis that, that can just kill a sex drive either, either that day or just kind of chronically uh, eating, you know, certain types of foods. I mean, it's the same thing that you tell everyone in general, all those processed foods, you know, all the, all the white foods and all of that sugar, all of those saturated fats, um, anything that's bad for heart health is bad for sexual health. It's as simple as that because without your heart pumping and your blood flowing, sexual arousal and sexual performance are difficult. So it's the same thing I'm sure you're telling people anyway. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, and, and I'm sure we'll get to maybe what to eat here in a minute, especially like for a Valentine's date, but um, other than, than steak and you mentioned other heavy foods. So, I mean, okay. what are maybe some other things that would fall into that category? So you have to, it's a fine line with alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I encourage it. 
Um, as I told you, I, I was a wine writer. I still am a wine writer, actually. Um, and I, you know, I have a few aphrodisiac cocktail recipes that are ever so popular this time of year. But to you know what happens with too much alcohol? Mm-hmm. It's you you can't perform sexually. Mm-hmm. You get to that point. And also, you know, if your goal is romance, you don't want to be sloppy drunk. It's mm-hmm. really unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are there uh, it, it, when it comes to alcohol? Is it just generally a matter of moderation, or is there is there certain drinks that maybe can kill a sex drive more than others? It's really just moderation, you know, knowing, knowing your limit, make it a, you know, make it a one, make a one special Valentine cocktail and you're done. Maybe you have a little wine with dinner after that, but yeah, it just okay, Okay. be smart. All right. Well, so let's get into the the foods and um, Mm -hmm. here in a minute, I want to ask you about maybe some herbs and stuff, but um, let's just talk Mm -hmm. about foods in general. And so on your website, you talk about the 10 best foods for male sexual health and then maybe the 10 best foods for female sexual health. So um, maybe go over some of those if you would. So these are lists on my website, eatsomethingsexy.com that I put together with a nutritional expert. Her name's Delana Flagg. And she actually, she started out as an intern with me. Um, she was getting her culinary degree as a chef. And she interned with me, was became so fascinated that she went on to get a PhD in nutrition. Hmm. Um, so she still consults with my website. And so we put together these two lists. Um, they're actually the most popular content on the site. And what we did was we took a look at, I mean, honestly, pretty much anything on either list is good for everyone, but there are reasons that, you know, some, as you know, some men are in need of more of some nutrients than women and women are in need of uh, some things more than men. The women's list, we particularly looked at like fertility foods, um, foods that are good for things like weight control or anti-aging foods, because these are kind of things that help women, you know, if you feel more sexy, if you feel good about how you look, you're, it's going to help support your, your sex drive and your sexual performance as well. And so that's largely also fertility foods for women. So some of the foods for women, my two favorites are actually peanuts and dark chocolate. Okay. And I now, just love the idea that we're telling women to eat more peanuts and dark chocolate. Now I'm familiar with the dark chocolate. Um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a anti-inflammatory can increase right. nitric oxide. Right. Um, it's actually just a, a food that's generally healthy for you. Potentially uh, a mood elevator, um, potentially, um, you know, lifts your energy in a cat with a caffeine like effect. Yeah. Yeah. So why peanuts? So I'm familiar with peanuts <laughs> as far as have the, you know, they may be high in lectins. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've talked a little bit about that on the yep. show, but I mean, so what, what is it about peanuts that. Uh, well, they're a great source of, of plant-based protein. And I think sometimes women forget that protein is important to them as well as to men. It's mm-hmm. going to benefit your sexual performance and your sexual longevity. Um, it's also, it's uh, you can get folate from peanuts. So if you're looking, if you're thinking about fertility, that's always helpful. Um, they're also a source of, I'm blanking. They're a source of several other nutrients that, that support sexual health. And I'm, I'm just blanking on which ones, sorry. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> um, okay. So dark chocolate, peanuts, what are yeah. some other things uh, specifically for women? Let's see what else for women. We did put uh, tofu on there, which I know mm. is controversial, but I think everyone has sided on the, yes, it is good. 
side of things, you know, helpful for, for women's hormones and again, good source of protein, which is a, is a good thing. And it's lean and all of that. Um, let's see. Oh, you know, I remembered peanuts. There's another thing about peanuts that I didn't know till we worked on this article. They are rich in antioxidants and are linked with, you know, some anti-aging benefits. Uh, Now, people are probably asking if they're going to get the same effect from peanut butter. Um, And I usually uh, try to get people, you know, if they are eating Mm -hmm. peanut butter, to eat the more natural peanut butter. Right. I was going to say, well, that depends, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Okay. So if they're eating maybe more natural peanut butter, they're Mm going to potentially still get get those. Oh, absolutely. Completely. Same thing on our list for men is almonds. And I say, you know, almond butter, same thing. Mm, you can okay. get the same effects, not necessarily from almond milk. You'll get, you know, some of the beneficial effects for men from, from almond milk, but, but yes, almond butter and even almond flour. Mm, so okay. yeah. Or a peanut flour. You could do that too for women. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so what are maybe some that are specific for men that are, are there any that are on the list for men that aren't on the list for women? Yes. So we put, I wanted to put a red meat on there because, you know, we sort of, especially in the United States, you know, manly and red meat kind of go together, but we put bison on the list. Mm-hmm. And I personally love bison. So I was really excited about that because as you know, it's a little lower in saturated fat. It's super high in protein. It's a little easier to digest. Uh, it's a great choice for red meat. Um, it's being promoted currently as also being a more sustainable choice, which it is and it isn't. Like if we were growing as much bison as we were cows, it would be the same problem. So it's really because there are less bison and because they, the meat is such a premium, they're able to raise them in such a way that's a little more gentle to the environment. So, yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel good about that as well um, if you're eating it. So that is a favorite of mine on the men's list. Another favorite, because it always shocks people, is garlic. Yeah. And garlic is actually, of course, good for women as well. Um, but we put it on the men's list. Um, one of the reasons we put it on the men's list, this is so funny. Uh, there was a study that found that men who eat a lot of garlic, women were more attracted to the scent, the natural body odor of men who eat a lot of garlic than men who don't eat garlic. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So how much garlic is recommended? Like, is, is that something you recommend? you know, a little bit each day or how much is recommended? So I actually read one study, like if you want to, and this said it would actually like boost sexual desire. Mm-hmm. You need to eat four raw cloves of garlic a day. Oh, wow. That's really tough. They did say you can mix it with honey or with milk. I, I, I don't know. Mixing it with milk this sounds frightening to me. This is, you know, this was one, one studied recommendation. Although I will say, and you've probably talked about this before, the problem with some of these studies is they're so small mm-hmm. that when you see one or two studies, I mean, you can kind of argue any point, um, but really these studies are so small that you could kind of, you can almost, you can take it with a grain of salt. And yet, you know, there is also the power of persuasion. So if you mm-hmm. read the study and you want to believe it, it will probably work for you. Um, so uh, I'm wondering on, on a lot of these foods, because I know specifically in men, when it comes to sexual health, at least performance, I mean, we, we talk a lot about nitric oxide, um, which is a vasodilator, you know, which is going to improve erections and stuff. So is that 
what most of these foods are doing? Do they ultimately increase the production of nitric oxide or, or do we even know the mechanism of a lot of these? Uh, yeah, some of them, some of them, yes. Some of them <laughs> do, like, for example, I talk a lot about caviar, it's got arginine. <laughs> right. So that's, you know, um, honey also, and honey also, and I can't remember why honey also increases nitric oxide. Mm -hmm. So that's another one that we, we would talk about for that reason for men. And then with others, you know, there are, there are other, uh, there are other reasons like the, um, uh, manganese, a lot of the men's foods are, are rich in manganese. And so, and manganese is associated with men's sex drive, as well as, uh, the health of their, of semen. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what about uh, oysters? You know, everybody has always heard that oysters uh, are, are an aphrodisiac because I, I think I've read that's the zinc, you know, they're, they're very high in zinc. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's your thought there? So I love oysters. I love to talk about oysters. Absolutely. You know, it's, it is all, all true. They, they're simply essential food. They've got essential aroma, this velvety texture. I was actually talking to someone about the other day about how I really love a grilled oyster. It just, the texture becomes so sexy. And when it's warm, it's an irresistible food. And yes, they are high in zinc. They're also a good source of lean protein and a more easily digestible protein. So there's all of that. And then there was once a study about amino acids that are found in bivalves, which includes not just oysters, but clams, mussels, scallops, um, that potentially raises sexual hormone levels. Nobody really ever pursued it far enough to find out, you know, where we could go with that, if it really is effective, but there is the potential. Mm. I always like potential. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, so we went through a few of those. And so um, let's just talk about, again, I'm going to be releasing this around Valentine's Day. Um, a lot of people will either be staying at home and probably cooking a nice mm -hmm. meal or potentially going out to dinner. And mm -hmm. so, you know, tell us how we can plan as it relates to food, an unforgettable Valentine's Day evening. I mean, what what should we be eating as the as the a couple and, and maybe, you know, give us some appetizers, main meal, desserts, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Absolutely. So first of all, I really love to recommend a stay home Valentine's day. Okay. And probably this year, you know, it just <clears throat> makes things easier. Um, but I don't know if you know this, but Valentine's day is the most popular day for restaurants. So, which probably makes it the worst day to go to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, you know, why not plan something special at home? And it, do it doesn't mean that you have to cook because mm -hmm. I know that part of it in will intimidate a lot of people. There's no shame in takeout. Mm -hmm. um, and then you just, just think about how can you make it special? Like get out the good china or, you know, whatever it is, serve it in front of a roaring fire or something that makes the evening special. If it's a special wine that you've been waiting to serve, great. Make it, you know, make that your special part of it. Um, but of course I can, I can recommend a lot of recipes and a lot of simple ideas, uh, for food. You can find a lot of, a lot of great ideas on my website, eat something sexy. Uh, we have one thing we have there that I is great for a really low stress Valentine's day is we have a article on how to make a charcuterie board for two. And it's just a simple, and, and the woman who wrote the chef who wrote it actually made options in case 
you know, a charcuterie board is just uh, cured meats and cheeses, but in case you don't want to eat the cured meats, uh, she made a vegan option. She made a seafood option. With simple ideas, she put a few, you know, really easy recipes in there for things to accompany it, but also like things you can just order and get to put on the side, like really great spiced nuts and things like that. That's a very simple thing to do instead of worrying about like a three course meal. Okay. Just simplify, really just simplify everything. Um, if you do want to do the whole meal, I, again, I keep it simple, keep, choose, you know, easy recipes and um, keep the foods light. I have a wonderful recipe I just updated on the website for salmon that is poached, but it's, po it's half poached. So you only put enough poaching liquid in the pan to like cook half the salmon. So the top is almost raw and it's sort of cool, you know, when you go to eat it and the bottom is hot and fully cooked. So you have in one piece of fish, you have two temperatures, two different textures. I love that effect. And then it, you serve it with a rosé wine sauce. So it's got this gorgeous pink sauce on top. That's a favorite recipe of mine. And by the way, salmon made the list of our 10 best foods for men. So you're also eating for your libido if you do that. Okay. One of my favorite dessert options is to make an affogato, which is a very simple Italian dessert. It's just a shot of espresso, and then you put a scoop of gelato in it. So it's light, you know, but it's kind of exciting. It's like cold and hot all at once. Um, and a lot of people say to me, but why, why, why would you want to have coffee at the end mm. of a meal, at the mm. end of dinner? Of course, well, if the end of dinner doesn't, you know, you don't intend that to be the end of your night. Coffee mm -hmm. can give you that little bit of energy. It's also a mood <clears throat> enhancer. Mm -hmm. So the coffee, the dessert will put you in a good mood. And even though you're getting something sweet, you're not going to crash because it's a small amount of gelato. So that's one of my favorite choices. Okay. So does the, the caffeine in coffee, do you not worry about that being a vasoconstrictor and then maybe contributing it's to erectile dysfunction or whatever? No, you know, coffee always makes the list of great aphrodisiacs um, because it, it has enough properties that really help support, you know, the, the sexual experience. And I, apparently I've not read too much, uh, you know, to contradict. I mean, you can find studies that will contradict everything, but most everything I've read is absolutely in support. Historically, it's aphrodisiac and, and I've read a lot of support for it. So. Okay. okay. So. What if people decide they do want to go out to a restaurant? Mm -hmm. What are maybe some good choices that that they could have at a restaurant, uh, you know, that's maybe going to enhance the mood? I mean, you mentioned salmon, which you can find at a lot of restaurants. I mean, maybe right. what are what are some other things that they can be looking for as far as maybe like an appetizer and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, desserts and that kind of thing? So spicy foods, if you can tolerate spice, anything mm -hmm. that's spicy. Uh, has an immediate effect that uh, chili peppers are considered a you know very well-known historic aphrodisiac because they help raise body temperature, uh, which makes you feel a little more ready to tear off all your clothes. Okay. But they also um, make your lips plump slightly, which psychologically uh, you know equates to make you look a little more kissable. It mm -hmm. makes your tongue tingle, which also psychologically makes you desire to kiss someone a little bit more. And of course, you know, I don't know if you've ever eaten enough chilies to get that like rush. You can almost, you can get an endorphin rush from chilies, which just kind of, you know, raises that excitement level that much more. Um, I 
am not big on chili. So that's, I would never, I, I have gone that far. I mean, I have had that experience, but I prefer not to, <laughs> um, I would prefer to limit my spice. And so for people like me, I recommend finding foods that have ginger in them because you have a milder, a more modest version of the same effect. Okay. So that's, you know, a very helpful, um, a very helpful choice. Okay. Okay. Um, what about the timing of foods? Um, have you looked at into that at all? You know, I've talked a lot of, on my podcast here about intermittent fasting and it's kind of mm -hmm. trendy now. Mm -hmm. um, how does that maybe relate to sexual health or as far as the timing of food, say eating dinner versus um, you know, later that night, does there need to be, you know, a couple of hours? I mean, what, have, have you looked at that at all? You know, at one point I did try to look into that and I, I couldn't really find any evidence in support of needing to wait. Um, you know, I, I mean, most people eat and then kind of move into the romance part and I'm mm -hmm. totally in support of that. It makes perfect sense to me, like push the dishes aside and, you know, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, any specific desserts? Uh, you mentioned the one that you like, but but what about if people are out at, at restaurants? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, are, are there, you know, are there any specific desserts that you like more than others? So, I mean, my, my best advice is consider sharing a dessert because most restaurant desserts are, you know, kind of large, potentially heavy, or could potentially give you that, that sugar rush and then the crash. Like if you're, by the time you've paid the check and driven home, you might have that sugar crash and that's just not fun for anyone. Um, so, or, you know, lighter, smaller uh, fruit-based desserts, you know, just think about not, don't go for the giant piece of chocolate cake or the uh, three scoop ice cream sundae. <laughs> Okay. I, I want to ask you some about just some herbs because there's a lot of uh, just natural stuff out there that people will say can increase, you know, libido and sexual performance. There's, you know, maca root. I mean, there's all mm -hmm. kinds of them out there. Right. Uh, how much have you studied those and are there any specific ones that you recommend? So I haven't done my a whole lot of research. I've, you know, I've done some cursory research, of course, uh, into seeing what works. I prefer to talk about things that you, that have culinary applications, gotcha. if that makes sense. Okay. So I'm more inclined on the, on the sort of, you know, that odd end of the scale. I'm more inclined to talk about things like a goji berry, which you can, you know, cook with and enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, great aphrodisiac, by the way, the okay. goji berry. <laughs> okay. uh, what about, I've heard of uh, beetroot because uh, mm -hmm. it, it increases nitric oxide. Is that one of them that you talk about or that's on your I list? I do. Or? Yes, it is on my list. I rarely talk about it because I personally can't stand beets. It's like my one mm. food, but yeah, okay. it is on, it makes the list. It totally does. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so talk about your book, uh, if you will, when, you know, when did you write that? So fork me, spoon me, the sensual cookbook. So um, yeah. talk about how long that's been out and just maybe tell us, um, you know, a, a little bit about them. So that book actually came out quite a while ago. It was my first book. Um, okay. I've written five. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that 
was shortly after I got my master's degree, uh, I came out with that book. It's the most fun, I think, of all my books. It features 12 ingredients, 12 fairly common ingredients. You could, you know, get them at a grocery store pretty much everywhere. and, and I talk about, I, I spend a lot of time talking about, you know, historically why they're aphrodisiac, why they may work for you. And then I provide recipes to go along with that. So I actually know a lot of people who've bought that book who have no intention of cooking. They just kind of wanted this bedside read about aphrodisiacs. Mm. Um, so I, but I do have other books that are much more uh, cooking focused. I co-authored a book on chili peppers for mm. a publisher in the Southwest. That's all about like chili peppers and sex and like 30 ways to cook a chili pepper, you know? Um, it's called Chili Aphrodisia. I'm not sure, I'm not sure where you get it anymore. I don't know, but it's probably out there. Um, and then the book that probably has my favorite recipes of all, it's called Romancing the Stove. And that was really my recipe focused aphrodisiac cookbook. And I I kind of grouped them by these are the recipes for your romantic picnic. These are the recipes if you want to eat for 72 hours to make, you know, to have a better libido, that kind of thing. So each chapter is kind of a different focus. Um, And I really love the foods in that book. And my most recent book, I uh, was co-authored by Delana Flagg, who I mentioned is a nutritional expert. It's a dessert book all aphrodisiac desserts called eat cake naked. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and I'm sure people can find all those on your website, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So as my listeners, I'm, I'm sure they know, I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into sexual health. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, talk about just one's general health and right. you know, medications that you're on. And I mean, all, all kinds of things that go into that, but all that aside, uh, again, as we're coming up on Valentine's day, if you could give us one food for both, uh, and, and it maybe one for men, one for women, that you feel like is the most powerful type of food to increase libido, what would you say? Ooh, most powerful food to increase libido. It's not a food, it's a drink. I'm going to go with champagne. Interesting. Okay. Um, and that's because it's got psychological as well as physiological effects. Um, okay. It is naturally celebratory. It is associated with luxury. You know, it's it's associated with being given as a gift and it's associated with happiness, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't, most people don't open a bottle of champagne because they're sad. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now I know, unfortunately, champagne is, is not necessarily the right choice for everyone. Um, so let me see if I can come up with truffles. Truffles would be a good one. Okay. Also, very luxury. I know I'm, I'm going with the high ticket items. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's but, okay. uh, truffles are great. Truffles. Did you know truffles have a lot of protein mm, okay. and people don't think about that, but they also, particularly for women, uh, truffles, the scent of truffles turns women on. Mm, you don't okay. even have to eat them. Okay. All right. Uh, good to know. Um, what about, uh, you know, maybe during the act of of intimacy, you know, people always think of maybe things like chocolate covered strawberries or, mm-hmm. you know, different things. Um, have, I mean, do you have any recommendations for those kinds of things in your books? I do actually. I, and by the way, I love chocolate covered strawberries. That's always a great, in fact, more than just buying chocolate covered strawberries, I recommend melting chocolate and dipping mm-hmm. strawberries together. It's, it's, it's interactive and it's very sexy. Mm-hmm. I do. I actually, I have a recipe 
in Romancing the Stove for making your own hand-rolled dark chocolate truffles, Mm. which is a fun thing to do together if you both enjoy cooking and it's something that you can kind of feed each other. It's something you can kind of, you know, it's essential. It's a sensual little morsel of deliciousness. Okay. Well, very good. Well, anything else you want to throw out um, just maybe about your book or about your website that I did not ask you? No, thank you. I, I'm good. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, well, so as we wrap up here, I um, always ask my guests uh, if they could give us one health tip that would make us healthier today. What would you say to that? Hydrate. Okay. Drink, drink more water. Yep. And it will, it will benefit everything. You'll, you'll look better. You'll have more energy. You'll have better sexual health. You will have better sexual lubrication. You will, it will improve everything. Okay. You drink enough water. Okay. Awesome. Great advice. All right. Well, Amy Riley, appreciate your time. Uh, aphrodisiac food expert. You can find her at eat something sexy.com. Um, all her uh, articles are there that we've, some of them we've been talking about, some recipes, all her books are there. So uh, check it out and uh, appreciate your time today. Um, Thank you. Appreciate everybody listening. And this will probably come out just before Valentine's Day. So um, just want to wish everybody happy Valentine's Day. Appreciate everyone listening. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Fit RX. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com. <laughs>